Alrighty, everyone, and welcome back. Currently, 9.13 p.m. Eastern Time on this Tuesday evening. Uh, gonna guide you for the next half hour or so. And let's just get right into it. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the New Orleans Saints. Um... We all know the Saints whooped the Buccaneers 38-3. That was, for Tom Brady, his largest margin of defeat ever. And it's also the first time he was swept by a divisional opponent. Brady was 22-38 of 38 passing, 209 completion yards, 3 interceptions, and with the sweep... Uh, Tom, this is in the AFC East with the Horrid Jets. Dolphins were never good. And honestly, neither were the Bills when he was there. And he looked like straight garbage. Um, obviously, the other their other pieces messed up. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and the rest of the coaching staff, Byron Leftwich. They got to be better, but let's pull up the stats because their rushing stats are unreal. They ran the ball a total, a total throughout the game, first through the fourth quarter, a total of five rushes. Leonard Fournette carried the ball one time. He, he had six catches. Now, they have a... F- they, so, uh, Brady threw the ball almost 38... Or almost 40 times. 38 times. And so, you have a 43-year-old quarterback dropping back, throwing the ball 30-plus times against that Saints defense who said, Oh, you trying to play us like that? You trying to play us like that? Like, don't disrespect us like that. We saw them partying in the locker room afterwards because they said, don't disrespect us like that. They came to the ball. They coming for them. They said, we coming for y'all. Now, obviously, Tampa's D with, with uh, Evan White and Davis. But the, White and Davis combined. Um, 13 times was... The was Drew Brees targeted to the receiver they were guarding 13 times. He threw it their way. 12 catches. That cannot happen. The cornerback, uh, Dean and Carlton Davis, they're young kids, and they're they're taking guesses. You can you can kind of tell that they're trying to cheat the thing. They're trying to cheat the ball, which sometimes It'll it's it's there's no middle right there's no like seven or eight yard gain it's either gonna be all or nothing you're gonna intercept the ball or you're gonna allow a touchdown so they're young guys and that's risky especially when you're doing doing it against Drew Brees and when I when when I'm talking about this defense obviously Tom Brady did not help. 
because he, he the first two interceptions because he did turn the ball over th- a few times, uh, three times, three interceptions. So uh, his, and his his the first two interceptions. Who were they targeted for? Antonio Brown. I mean, they they were in Boston for one game together, and everyone's oh look look at all the chemistry. Look at all the chemistry. They got a they got a touchdown. Look at all the chemistry against the Dolphins, who we were talking about could be the worst team in NFL history before the before the, the start of the second half. Oh, look at their history. I mean, come on. They they don't have chemistry. They I don't even think AB practiced for more than a week. I mean, he's karma. He really is. You look at his past. Recent past. I mean, why, why is he living with Tom Brady? <laughs> like, I don't want to hear no no evidence. Because there's no evidence to back it up that they have chemistry. Maybe they're trying to gain him. Maybe that's why he lives with him. Let's see AB. AB had three catches for 31 yards. Obviously, I I believe he's going to uh, perform better. I don't think that is AB like stats, but it's hard to play when the D hovers over you. <laughs> like, did uh, you had Janoris Jenkins like following him basically the whole game? But I don't want to. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying. Obviously, he might be a little rusty, but they he does not he does not have chemistry with Tom Brady. And like we said, like I think so we tend to credit quarterbacks maybe too much for wins and maybe too much for losses. But Brady definitely deserves some blame, maybe not all of it, as I just said, the coaching staff, the defense. But he definitely deserves the blame. And to kick a field goal, just to say, oh, we didn't get shut out, is actually ridiculous. That's just sad that you had to do that. The next game we're going to talk about is a game that many people, including myself, actually picked for their weekly pick or their eliminator, which is you picked one team for per you. You can pick, you pick one team who you think is gonna win that week, and once you pick that team, you can't pick them again. You gotta go seventeen weeks straight. I did pick the Steelers this week, and I thought I was that I was gonna be an L. Turned out it wasn't, but because they did win twenty four to nineteen, but they trailed nineteen to nine entering the fourth quarter. Against, uh, I don't even know, what's his name? Garrett Garrett Gilbert was the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Steelers' nose tackle. I mean, in football, we tend to like not really notice a lot of injuries, etc. From like, Basically, if you're not a star running back, quarterback, or wide receiver, we don't tend to hear a lot. But their nose tackle has been out for the last, I think it's two games now. And as a result, 
They gave 260 yard, 265 total yards rushing to the Baltimore Ravens and 144 yards total rushing to the Dallas Cowboys. So that that's a question mark. Their run defense is a question mark. Their running game on offense. Let's flip the script. Let's look at their rushing game on the offensive side. Where was it? Or where where is it? I I really haven't seen it this year. James Conner touched the ball nine times and had 22 yards. That's 2.4 yards per carry. Weren't getting that when Le'Veon Bell was there. It's not good. It's not good enough. That run game is not going to cut it. They failed on what was it? The th- a th- a third and one, and then they failed on fourth and one, all in the first half. And this is kind of the the Tomlin's fault, Mike Tomlin's fault, because he kicked the field goal instead of going for it. Or no, he didn't. He didn't kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one. When they already let you down, as I just mentioned, they already let you down on a third and on a fourth and one in the first half. And you kicked the field goal. And obviously, James Conner didn't get the first down on the fourth and one. He lost four yards. So instead of being up eight, you know, alright, if we're not losing the game in regulation, you could be up eight, not lose the game in regulation. Instead, they take that risk, which I don't think is the right move. If you, if if the worst case scenario at the end of regulation is you're gonna tie the game rather than lose, obviously you take the right the tie game at the end of regulation. And then, so Dallas down by five. Makes a little push, but of course, who else? Minka Fitzpatrick saves the day with the interception. And then the next drive, I believe it was, maybe a few drives after, he has the the very last play of the game to deflect the ball. So, questionable run. Questionable running game. Questionable defensive running game. Mike Tomlin is a question. Big Ben did ball out in the second half. But it only looks like their offense is good. And this is this is important. Listen here. Their offense is only good when they have five receivers out wide. The five receivers are that boy Claypool, Juju, James Washington, Eric Ebron, and Deontay Johnson. You split those five, that's the only time their offense seems to work. Which means that they don't have a running game. Which means that they have to throw the ball. And I get it, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in and out. But how is that going to work in the playoffs? When right now it looks like teams can run on you. And you don't have your own running game. Is that going to work in the playoffs? 
especially in a pandemic too. Because obviously, if you can play a game at Heinz Field, that's a big difference. But this year, there's no crowd. So, the Steelers, they are a, they are, they're a to know, but how are the playoffs going to work? Yeah, have to be seen, but right now, it's not looking very promising. And there's one more point I want to add, because... Even because the one seed does not mean as much if you're not going to have home, quote unquote, home field advantage. I mean, it's not like an NBA bubble where you don't, where it's just a regular old gym court. They are at their home field, but usually you got your 12th man with your fans. That's not going to happen. Not this year. All right, we we had a great Sunday. This we we really did. There was a lot of good games. And the next game we're gonna go into is the uh, now six and two Seahawks and seven and two Buffalo Bills. The Bills defeated the Seahawks forty four to thirty four. This is the first time that Buffalo was is seven and two since nineteen ninety three, where they lost the Super Bowl, going twelve and four. Um, and they lost in a shootout, the Seahawks. They lost in a shootout. Now, that and that's what Russ wants. Russ, Russ wants to play in shootouts, right? Let Russ cook. Just let him hoop. Let him ball. But he, what, what he didn't want was a was not to have a running game because Chris Carson was not available. So, their leading rusher this week was DJ Dallas for 31 yards rushing. He did have a touchdown, but on seven carries. But that's not Chris Carson. And it's like when we. So, like, the Seahawks, their goal is. And their mindset. With that motto of Russell Wilson, they're saying, "All right, we're gonna we're taking shootouts," because their defense is just torrid, so they have to. Like a team like the Chiefs, though, you would think, "Oh, the Chiefs—they're gonna win a shootout every time," but they're really not. You have a better shot if you're the Chiefs to not be in a shootout, even with all those weapons. Why? Because it's hard to consistently win in shootouts in the NFL. It's hard. And Russell Wilson is being asked to do that. Maybe he pushed it a little, but everyone seemed to agree. Hey, go win these shootouts. And he's doing a damn good job. Because he's winning 6 out of 8. He's won six out of eight. 
be on pace. He's on pace to be twelve and four. But and obviously, so you're not gonna win them all. And they haven't had uh, Jamal Adams hasn't really played. He's he's a difference maker. Jamal Adams is a difference maker. But every week on the defensive end, but every week you you Russell Wilson. You know that the defense is going to allow 30 points. That whoever you're going up against, doesn't matter who it is, they're going to allow 30 points. So you're being asked to score around 40 every game. Because that's what you need to win. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Let's list all the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. They don't. They aren't asked to win shootouts every week. And I and I know that he does have, even without Carson, he does have Lockett. He does have that beast DK Metcalf. He does have Greg Olson. But usually the D is better. But now they just can't do anything. I mean, Josh Josh Allen looked like Dan Marino for 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 crying out loud. He usually has a running game, obviously not this week, but he's he with the number one offense and the number one passion passing attack. It's still going to be a little hard for the Seahawks. I don't think that they are the best team in the league. I don't think they're the team to beat. I mean, when we look at their scores, they're they're literally allowing 30 points a game, at least. The the least amount of points they allowed this year was 23 to the Dolphins with Fitzpatrick in. Their least was 23. I mean, it's going to be hard. And even the the games where Wilson does show up, they they sometimes the defense still isn't good enough. He scored thirty four points against the Cardinals and against the Bills. The two losses, they scored thirty four points, and they still did not win the game. Hard, hard for Russell Wilson. And speaking of the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa. He went up against Kyler Murray this week, and I want to read both of their stats. Pull it up right here. The Dolphins won 34-31. Each team is now 5-3. Tua, 20-28. of Uh, That's completions to attempts. 248 yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had seven carries for 35 yards. Kyler, 21 of 26, completions to attempts, 283 yards, three touch passing touchdowns, no interceptions, 11 rushing yards for 106 rushing yards, and, and a rushing touchdown. Alright, so uh, now I want to talk about what is a successful year, right, What if you're a Miami Dolphins fan... What would you consider to be a good and successful year? And for me, 
I th- it's got to be around eight, maybe nine, maybe even ten wins. And you might think I'm crazy right now, but they are five and three, which is they had five wins all last year. But I don't think the playoffs necessarily, even with those maybe even 10 wins, because the AFC is loaded. I mean, let's pull up the standings, right? In the East, I don't think they're going to catch Buffalo. So you have the Bills taking the East. You have the Ravens and Steelers in the North. That's three teams already. You have the Titans and the Colts. That's four. That's five teams. You have the Chiefs. And you have the Raiders, who we are all sleeping on. So it's it's hard it's it's hard to see them in the playoffs. But they and they they are ahead of schedule. We didn't really think this was going to be a big Dolphins year. And so with that said, shout out to Chris Career and Brian Flores, the general manager and head coach, both African-Americans. Um, they're doing an outstanding job. Um, with that said, their run game, kind of like the Steelers, like we said before, their run game is just not there. Ranked 28th out of 32. And because of that, they're fourth ranked. I'm sorry, let me, let's see. Let's pull up their uh, rankings offensively and defensively. So they have overall defensively, they're ranked. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you another way. Against the pass, they are ranked the 21st defense, and against the rush, they are ranked the 25th, and they allow. Yeah, I'm sorry, and they're they're ranked 25th. So with that, you think that's a that that those two aren't good numbers. That were averages that twenty third overall. But in fact, when it comes to points allowed, strictly points allowed, no really statistical or number needing category. How many points did you allow? They have allowed the fourth least, the fourth ranked defense when it comes to points allowed with one hundred and sixty one points in eight games. I think is around the twenty-two mark, maybe. Let's 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 do the math. Uh, hundred sixty-one divided by eight. So it's around twenty. A little over. So their defense, obviously, with all the passing yards and passing and rushing yards, their defense bends, but they don't break, and that's good. And that's, again, credit credits 
should go to the general manager and coach with their draft picks and the moves that they've made. And when it comes to Tua, he he showed what he was at Alabama in that second half where he was very accurate like we didn't see the first half of the game and against the Rams. Obviously, there was a lot of noise when he was put in against the Rams. We know that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, that there is a ceiling with him. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick never played, with all his years in the league, never played for a playoff team. And there's no ceiling for Tua right now. But they can't just nosedive, right? When we're, again, we're talking about their what's a successful year. They can't nosedive because last year they were 5-11, and 11, as I already mentioned. So they also have a very... Easy, easy schedule. Now, let me read you this schedule. Because this is this is what I'm talking about. When when I first heard me say the Dolphins can get 10 wins. Um, let's see. Next week, they play... The Chargers at home, the Chargers who just find a way to lose the to lose a game, like to lose games like the Atlanta Falcons do. So that's got to be a W. I'd I I I'd put them as a win there against the at Denver. I think that's a win. Denver three and five on the year. They have a bye week at the Jets. That's that's three straight, and that's five overall. Six overall, excuse me. Then they play the Bengals. That'll be spicy with Burrow and Tua. Definitely a winnable game. The Chiefs, all right. The Patriots, definitely winnable. Raiders, definitely winnable. And the Bills, that'll be tough, but... It's possible. Possible they go out and beat the Bills. Who they only lost to by three points. Week two. So let so right now they got five wins. So they got one, two, three, four, five, six. And you wanna count the Bills? Six or seven winnable games. Some of them we can already probably mark it in. I mean, so I think they're going to... They could end up with ten wins. But if you want to say Dolphins got to make the playoffs so they're successful. If they have ten wins and they don't make the playoffs because of how deep the AFC is, it's going to be a little hard. I mean, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs. So... I don't think we should judge their success on playoffs or not, but we should judge it on how many wins they get. Like if they if they nosedive and they go seven and nine this year, then yeah, we should not be looking at them like, hey, good year for the Dolphins. They gotta have at least a positive or a five hundred winning record. Um. And the last thing I want to say with Tua, I guess it was the right decision to put him in 
I didn't like putting him in against the Rams, but I didn't know Jared Goff was going to wet the bed and have four turnovers in the first half, which obviously helped out to his case, and which is why he is now 2-0 and as a starter in the NFL. Um, and now, let's talk about NFC. Talked about the depth of the AFC. There's not really depth in the NFC. You got your stars, and that's about it. Um, and even this year, with the Saints sweeping Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, first time in Tom Brady's career, I, I, I still got Tampa coming out of the East. I expect them to look better as Antonio Brown gets in the mix. And like I said before, Janoris Jenkins was following Antonio Brown. And also, uh, Marshawn Lattimore was following Mike Evans around. Four catches on the night. So, obviously, I'm not going to expect that performance in the playoffs from these guys. Um, It's just not going to happen. Chris Godwin is also a he should be fine in the playoffs off of his injury. Yeah, you had Gronk drop a touchdown. That never happens. They won't run the ball five times in the playoffs. They won't get in because they ran the ball that many times because they were down so early. They were down fourteen nothing at the end of the first. So which means you had a lot of coming back to do. You got to when you got to come back, you got to throw the ball. So that's not going to happen. I mean, and when it comes to the Saints, I don't think it's going to be the Saints. First of all, if they probably it it's very likely that they could end up playing each other. Obviously, one of them is going to be a wild card. We'll see if they play each other in the wild card round. But it's very hard to beat a team three times in one year. It's very hard. And in terms of New Orleans, I think they I think they had their chance already. I think it's Sampa's chance, right? New Orleans had their chance. They had the Stefan Diggs miracle against them. They had the pass the, the passing interference that was really not passing interference. Then they lost to Kirk Cousins. That's been their playoff story the last three years. So they had their shot. It's Tampa's shot now. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna execute this year when it comes to the playoffs. Now there have been a lot of people critical of maybe some would argue the the uh, fates of the NFL, Lamar Jackson, whether or not he should get his money. And so this week, with the win, obviously, he won because he wasn't really playing a big-time team, even though they were a good team. They weren't a real rival of his. So obviously he won. He's 25-5 and all-time in the regular season, which ties Dan Marino for the best all-time throughout the year throughout one's first 30 regular season games this week against the Colts Lamar 
completed 19 of his 23 passes, threw for 170 yards, 13 rushes, 58 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. And Lamar beats good teams. The Colts were a good team. I I thought the Colts were going to win this game. I thought the Ravens were going to have a little um, hangover. Not from winning, but from losing to the Seals. I thought I didn't think they were going to win this game. Thought it was going to be close. I thought Indianapolis would pull out at home, but Lamar, I guess he really does not lose to good teams or any bad team unless it's his rival. He can't win the big game. He hasn't. Oh and six. And I'm not, I'm in. I say oh and six. Right? You have. All in three against the against the Chiefs. All in two in the playoffs, and all in one against the Steelers with Big Ben. I'm not talking about their backup, 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 backup quarterback, right? Obviously, no surprise they should beat them. Um, and in terms of his money, you got to structure it. I this is what I would do. He deserves his money. Why would you not give it to him? I mean, if we looked at, if we just like kind of looked at his resume without knowing who it is and say, okay, let's see, this guy won MVP, right? You gotta pay him. He's twenty five five in the regular season, although he's only two in the playoffs. So, but even with his struggles in the playoffs, I would structure his con his contract kind of like what Dak wanted. I would even be willing to overpay him. But I wouldn't want it to be so lengthy. I wouldn't want it to be a Patrick Mahomes 10-year deal. Especially, I mean, knock on wood. But Lamar has been very durable from the amount of times he has ran the ball. And you want to give him a lot of money? Fine. Just don't give it to him for such a long time. You want to give him... Well, however much per year, give him that, but don't do it for ten years. It will, it will not. It doesn't. He hasn't showed it, but you definitely have to pay him. When guys like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill were all paid, I mean Sam Bradford got paid. I mean some some teams can't win a game. Forget about the playoffs. Like you don't think the Giants will take twenty five and five? In their last thirty games, they would take Lamar Jackson. You gotta, you gotta pay him. But I mean, he has not shown up. But Dak hasn't done a lot either in the playoffs. So that's why I would structure his contract more, uh, more like how Dak wanted his money. And when it does come to Patrick Mahomes, we are taking this dude for granted, man. Like. We do, Patrick Mahomes is not talked enough. This week the Chiefs played the uh, the Panthers. They won thirty three to thirty one. Mahomes threw thirty of forty five, three hundred seventy two yards, four touchdowns. He ran the ball. This says he ran the ball twice, zero yards. All right. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, man, and this week. He became the fastest quarterback, also tying Dan Marino. <laughs> Not such a good day, 
statistic-wise with Dan Marino. Uh, fastest to 100 touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes beat out everyone by a long shot, 40 games. And this he since 2019, he is 7-1 when they are trailing by double digits, which they were this week. And, alright, listen, year one, the first time he touched the football, he drops 50 touchdowns. 50 with 12 interceptions. And he went, he was a pre-snap penalty away from winning the Super Bowl. The year that the Patriots beat the Rams. The Chiefs would beat the Rams. He was a pre-snap penalty away from winning the Super Bowl with 50 touchdowns the first time he touches the ball. The next year, he wins MVP. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is better. Obviously, he didn't have as many touchdowns. I believe it was 26 touchdowns last year. But he, he didn't play as many games. He was sidelined, if you recall, for a few games. Or a couple. So, But his touchdown-to-interception ratio went down. And he won the Super Bowl MVP. And don't forget the first year with the 50 touchdowns, he won regular season MVP. Then his then the next year, follows it with a better touchdown to interception ratio. Wins Super Bowl MVP by calling his own number, dropping back 15 steps, hitting his number to Tyreek Hill. Unreal. This year, he is 8-1. With 25, 24, 25, 25, I thought it was 24, 25, 25 touchdowns and one interception. And by the way, by the way, which is that 25 to 1, that is the best touchdown interception to ratio ever this far in a year. He's played nine games. His touchdown to interception ratio is 25 to 1. And that one interception came in their only loss. They are 8 to 1. It came in their only loss when they were down by nine points on a fourth and seven. So it's like a kind of maybe interception. Like he was just trying to keep the game alive. He is, he, with. I know I said about Russell Wilson, but he didn't come up. He's already lost twice. Mahomes has lost once. And he is something special. He he right I I said that Russell Wilson was my favorite for MVP. Now it's Mahomes. I mean we just gotta start giving out second place awards because this guy's gonna win everything. It's kinda like Michael Jordan where like they didn't like Michael Jordan was the MVP every year, but they didn't give it to him because it's called like we we all have Patrick Mahomes fatigue. That's what we have. We just overlook him. And the last topic we're going to talk about was uh, the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. That was your final game of the week. 
We're going to talk about Cam Newton, who this week threw 27 of 35, 274 yards, 10 rushes for 16 yards and 2 touchdowns. All right, so Cam Newton. The Panthers did him dirty. They did. So, but I don't think I regret going into New England. First of all, he didn't have anywhere else to go. And I get it, they don't have weapons. But look at what he's doing. I get it, the Patriots are 3-5. and five, But they could easily be 5. They're two plays away from being 5-3. and three. They're two plays away from being 5-3. and three. Last week, Cam fumbled the football against the Bills. And against the Seahawks, where Bobby Wagner, great linebacker, just made a great play at the goal line. I mean, and those are two quality teams. The Seahawks and the Bills, you you loosen them by two plays total. Not to mention the other quality wins they have. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Raiders. So they're kind of they might sneak in. They're a little sneaky. They're a little sneaky. Five and three down there, up there in Foxborough with Bill Belichick. Without and no, remember how last year everyone was saying, "Oh, Tom Brady, he doesn't have this the weapon, he doesn't have that weapon." Take away all his weapons and his defense. That's what Cam is playing with, and he's three and five, and he could easily be five and three. Easily. I mean, no Julian Edelman. I mean, you got the guy Jacoby Myers instead. No defense, because half their defense opted out with Chung, and they left, and who else? So, Cam Newton, he's low-key balling. He's low-key balling. So, we'll see what happens with the Patriots. Hopes aren't high. But they're a sneaky 3-5 and five team. And with that, uh, y'all, peace out. Check in. Probably Sunday morning. We're going to have another episode. Peace out.